Smiling Faces 21 here with greetings of hope, love, and faith with a platform of why decide, why not, and life. In summary, the importance of choosing life over death, no matter what. Okay then, sharing with um, us uh, on our platform today, we have Dr. Leah Akinlonu, and she will be chatting with us and shedding more light on some of the indicators and um, indicators, signs, and what to look at for in regards to suicidal thoughts, deviation, and um, depression, and its treatment. Thank you, Dr. Lear, for um, sharing our platform today. Um, it's, um, it's an honor that you're actually here with us. So, Dr. Lear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. And um, I want to say thank you in particular for all the information you're sharing with lots of people about how to deal with mental illness and in particular the risk of suicide. This is something that really we don't get to speak a lot about. I think for, for, for many of us, it's a topic that is really difficult to speak out on or even to know what to do or how to recognize when there are difficulties with mental health when it's becoming mental illness. So it's a really important topic. And what I'm hoping to do today is speak a bit about depression, what the symptoms are, how it looks, how to recognize it, and the risk of suicide, how to recognize when the risk is increasing, and a little bit about support and treatment as well. That's good. I'm sure that that's going to help a lot of people, especially um, parents, guardians, and carers, and even young people as well. So if anything is going on, they will be able to identify it and um, quickly uh, speak to someone, to a friend, a family, their parents, to, so, so that um, they can seek help as quickly as possible. So thank you for that, um, Dr. Lear. Okay. Um... So just, just to let you know how I'm able to speak on the topic, I work as a psychiatrist in the NHS and I've worked in psychiatry for, I think it's coming up to 20 years now. So I, I have had a number of people, several people, it's very common, presenting with symptoms of depression. So I'll share a bit about what the symptoms look like. So depression, many of us here have experienced those symptoms. It might not yet be at the level of clinical depression, but we all know what it is to have low mood, to just not feel very motivated, to be a bit withdrawn from everyone else and be perhaps tearful. So there's a whole spectrum of emotions that we all go through, and it's normal to have different emotions. So ranging from feeling sad, to feeling particularly excited, or to feeling angry or anxious. These are all normal emotions. But there are times when these emotions are prolonged and sustained and impact on our level of functioning. It's at those times that we begin to question whether or not it's 
going from a state of good mental health into a state of mental illness. So there are lots of different types of mental illness. Just as there can be physical illness, which is illness that affects the body, there can also be illness that affects the mind. And one of those illnesses, one of those is clinical depression. So this is how to recognize it. There are three core symptoms. One is low mood. The second is a lack of energy. And a third is inability to enjoy things as, as you previously would. Now, I always say this, even if you have those three symptoms, so low mood, a lack of energy, and not being able to enjoy things, even if you do find that you have those symptoms, please don't rush to make a diagnosis in yourself. A clinician, which could be a general practitioner, it could be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, will be looking out for a specific combination of symptoms over a specific duration and will be looking out for the impact on a person's day-to-day functioning. If you do recognize those symptoms, rather than make a diagnosis in yourself, the right thing to do is to have a discussion with somebody, someone you trust, who could be a family member, who could be a teacher, who could be a counselor, who could be your general practitioner, your family doctor. So these three core symptoms could be present, but there might also be other symptoms. So a loss of appetite, just not really feeling like eating much, not being interested or motivated to do your usual activities, not being able to enjoy what would usually bring you pleasure. Say, perhaps it's your favorite comedy show or you're with friends and the cracking jokes and you're just not finding anything funny anymore. Those, those are some of the symptoms, and sometimes the sleep is affected as well. If these symptoms are sustained over a period of time, usually over a week, two weeks plus, then it, it's possible it's clinical depression. Before I go, and I'll also say that there are lots of treatment options. So there are mild, moderate, and severe symptoms. For mild symptoms, the treatment is usually addressing the root cause. So looking at what it is that's leading to those, that feeling low in mood. What is it that's causing pressure, putting stress on the person? Is it difficulty with finances? Is it perhaps a relationship breakdown? There, uh, perhaps it's academics. There are various things that can be looked into and, and addressed. So the trigger factors need to be addressed. And apart from that, counseling, just speaking with somebody can also help. So for mild symptoms, usually the the intervention is non-medication. But moving on from there, for moderate to severe symptoms, it will most likely include medication, which again is not something to be feared. So a, a psychiatrist or a general practitioner can prescribe antidepressants that can help. So I was talking about the symptoms of depression. So we've talked about low mood, where a person just feels low in themselves, not not um, not cheerful as they usually would be. It could be associated with feeling tearful, just crying very easily, um, shutting oneself away, withdrawing, um, perhaps not paying as much attention to one's self-care as before. So some self-neglect. As the symptoms progress, a person might not be hydrating well enough either. So not drinking enough fluid poor appetite, not wanting to eat, perhaps starting to lose weight. And um, those are some of the things you might see physically. Internally, there's things going on, particularly with the mind. 
So a person might start feeling that they have no hope. So feelings of hopelessness, feeling like things will never improve or get better, feeling worthless, feeling I don't have much value, what good am I? Perhaps I don't even need to be here anymore. So those are those are quite concerning symptoms. It's good that sorry to um, interject. Uh, I was just about to say that it's good that you can that you have actually um, indicated that in terms of hope, you know, and 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 um, what have, um, from experience and from actually um, relating with people and just um, discussing is that. People, a lot of people use the word wrongly. They might feel sad and they will just use depression. They will just say they are depressed, mm. you know, just casually like that, without um, without actually knowing whether it's clinical or not. They just use the word um, that they are depressed, you know. So so it's good that you've actually identified that, that there's difference between being sad and the different um, categories of um, being depressed. Now, I just wanted to um, highlight that because a lot of um, people just use um, being sad casually as being depressed. And truly, they can be depressed, but people um, use that. So it would be good if we can actually, you, you've highlighted it anyway, you've actually discussed it, if that can be... Um, yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. So when we feel sad and low in mood, sometimes we, we do use the term depression. And it may or may not be clinical depression at that stage. So for clinical depression, the symptoms would have been sustained over a period of time, usually beyond two weeks persistently. And it, a, the, the, the clinician assessing would be looking out for specific symptoms and signs to make that um, diagnosis. So it's not wrong to identify those symptoms, but don't make the diagnosis yourself. Um, Recognising the symptoms in yourself or in someone you care for is a prompt for you to seek further help. And that's one of the things sometimes we fear seeking help. Please don't be fearful. As I said, you know, treatment for physical health is available and treatment for mental mental health or mental illness is also available, which could range from support to counseling to um, psychological therapy to medication. So we will we're, we're, let's let's think a bit about when symptoms of depression are getting more and more severe and perhaps the risk of suicide. Now it's very likely that at least half of the people listening would have at one point thought, do I even want to be alive anymore? It's a common thought, especially when we feel under pressure. So sometimes we get those thoughts when we feel under pressure, um, when we're dealing with a lot of difficult circumstances. It happens. If they occur fleetingly, so just like a brief thought that flashes through the mind, very often a person is able to rationalize and overcome those thoughts but sometimes the thoughts are overwhelming they keep coming back i don't really want to be alive should i be here i'm not really of much value to anybody things will not get better 
So there's a pattern of thought, a negative view of oneself, a negative view of the world, and a negative view of the future, a triad of thoughts. So when those thoughts persist, the risk is that they could go on to where a person not only has those thoughts, but begins to think of ways of ending their own lives. So thoughts, thoughts of suicide. This can happen when depression is sustained over a long period of time without any, any kind of support. So remember support and treatment if there's a whole range of interventions. So even just speaking out to somebody, it's a great help. Someone you trust. This is how I'm feeling. I'm not, I've not been happy. I'm feeling it, finding it difficult to cope with various things. Um, I don't have energy. I don't have motivation. I feel like things will not improve. It's really important to speak out to somebody you trust. If you, if you find yourself in that position or you know of someone in that position, I'd actively encourage you to seek professional help. Remember again, professional help. Sometimes we worry that it's going to be the most restrictive intervention, which means being grabbed and locked up and forced to be in hospital. The earlier we seek treatment, the less restrictive the options are. So early, early support, complaining early of symptoms, seeking help early, often results in counseling options, perhaps social care reviews, perhaps medication that can be taken at home. Where a person is severely at risk of their mental health deteriorating further, perhaps of hurting themselves because they have thoughts of suicide, then hospital admission may be considered the safest option. So I'll just go back now to what do the thoughts look like of somebody who is feeling suicidal? So hopelessness and worthlessness are very often present, feeling that hopelessness is feeling there's no hope. Nothing can ever improve, even if I get help. I've tried it before, it didn't work. There's no guarantee it's going to, 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 to work. That's hopelessness. Worthlessness is feeling like one is of no worth or no value. What good am I to my friends, to my family, as an employee? I don't think I'm of much value to anybody. There's no point carrying on. You see how the thoughts can get into that spiral. So when a person has those kinds of thoughts, they can then progress into feeling, well, I don't really want to be alive anymore. What's the point? And sometimes the thoughts can progress into actively making plans, thinking of ways in which to hurt oneself. Some people think of taking an overdose. Some people think of hurting themselves with an object or an instrument, cutting themselves. Some people think of walking into the road or jumping off buildings. If you have, I'll just say, if you found yourself in that situation, please don't think it's the end of the road. As a psychiatrist, I've worked with people who have had those thoughts and sometimes have actually made elaborate plans, but they've received help and they have made progress and they've come out of that state of mind. Very often through a combination of counseling, medication and practical support with various aspects of their life, ranging from finances to relationships to accommodation, education and so on. 
If I can just ask that before, um, when this thought, for example, if um, let's say someone is having this thought and they're just um, starting, how can the person, you know, if the person have the enough um, willpower at that stage, try and stop it progressing further on to sort of becoming actually being like triad, like you said, you know, that, you know, um, in, into thoughts of actually planning to do something to hurt themselves or, you know, how can they actually try? I, I know it's not easy because when someone is going through a lot, it depends on the stage where the person is. But let's say, for example, it's just um, um, those initial thoughts and, and it's, it's coming maybe more than once. How can the person use their willpower? Apart from all, it's all, all, like you said, it's always good to discuss with someone that um, they trust, whether a family member or friend or a counselor. Um, how about for themselves? How can they um, like resist the the thought? Or what? Let me. I will just leave it to to sort of advice. So, so you you actually did identify one of the primary ways of dealing with it. It's not. It's by not keeping it to yourself. It's speaking out to somebody that you trust. I know trust can be an issue, but it's finding somebody that you trust, that you know cares for you, that desires your welfare, and speaking to that person. They don't have to be physically present. Thankfully, you know, we've got the technology of mobile phones. Pick up your mobile phone, speak to somebody. If you need somebody right away in your immediate environment, turn to someone. Perhaps it's a close friend, perhaps it's a next-door neighbor, um, or just get up and go straight to your GP. But, but please don't keep it to yourself. Um, you see, when we keep these thoughts to ourselves, they sort of multiply, and it's, it can be quite difficult to get out of that spiral of thinking. So it's really important to speak out. Once you've done that, then there are other steps, especially if, once you seek professional help. Um, if you're linked up with a counsellor or a psychologist, there's some very good therapies. One of those which you may have heard of is cognitive behavioural therapy, which is carried out by a psychologist, where you're taught how to recognise negative patterns of thoughts, recognise the result and behaviour, and then you're taught how to modify those thoughts. Okay, but you're not expected to do all of this by yourself, which is so important. Why it's so important to seek help, seek professional help. Okay, thanks for that, Doctor Leah. Okay, so I'll just talk a bit more now about suicide risk and what to do. So if you find yourself, like we've said, if you find yourself in that position, thinking those thoughts, speak out. If you're supporting somebody who confides in you, the best thing you can tell them is that there is appropriate medical treatment available, which it's it's three, it's sort of three strands to it. One is medication, second is counselling or psychological therapy, and third is dealing with the practical stresses of life, which is usually where a social worker would come in. Now, um, having said that, please do recognise that a number of people have gone through suicidal thoughts and perhaps have even gone on to act on those thoughts, but they've received help, and with the right kind of support, they're able to carry on functioning. They may have required a time out of work, 
a time to rest, a time to recover, but many people are able to carry on functioning as usual. So if you are, if you find yourself in that situation, please don't feel that it's the end of the road for you. Yes, definitely not. <laughs> no, it isn't the end. There's, there's, there's help available and there's hope. Yes, there's hope. That is the key word, hope. Yes. Um, uh, um, on that note, Dr. Lear, do you still want to um, discuss further? or? I just want to add one further aspect. You know, we've talked about psychological, we've talked about medication, we've talked about social interventions. There's one further layer, and that, for me, this is the deepest layer, and it's the spiritual aspect. That's right, so, yeah, faith. Faith. So I'm, I'm a Christian, and I find faith is absolutely essential. Um, you know, if, if you have you have faith, so for me, my faith is in Jesus Christ. It's the foundation of, um, of hope. So if you have faith, stand on your faith, stand on, uh, as a Christian, if you believe in Christ, stand on Christ. Don't neglect to seek, seek medical help, but just know that there is always, always hope for you in Christ, as I always say. Definitely always hope. Thanks a lot for that, uh, Dr. Leah. That's been, uh, I would say a holistic type of discussion. So we have talked, Dr. Lee has chatted with us in regards to her body, her soul, and her spirit. And, um, which is all important because it, that, that is being balanced. So, um, like we always say on this platform, whatever you are going through, there is hope. Hope is very, very key. And, um, so don't give up. I would like you to listen and listen again to everything that's been discussed um, today. Um, so if you're going through um, any of these um, symptoms or parents um, identify any of these symptoms or um, indicators, um, you know what to do now to um, your family doctor, your GP. And um, chatting with uh, young people as well is very, very essential to know what they are, um, what's going on. And so to be able to direct the right to the right support. So I'll say thanks again, Dr. Leah. And as we bring um, this podcast to an end, I'll say, as we say on this platform, keep smiling, keep laughing. and know that no matter what, there is always a way out of every mess. A good way, I would say. So take care and God bless you. Ciao. Until we meet again for the next uh, podcast. Dr. Leah, do you want to add anything? Thank you, everyone. And remember, <laughs> there's always hope in Christ. <laughs> <laughs>